0: Bonjour Madame et Monsieur, Annie Arnault won the 2022 Nobel Prize in Literature. So in this video, I'll briefly talk about her life, novels, writing style and why she is sometimes compared to Marcel Proust. At the end, I'll tell you about her two writing tips for future writers. Annie Honor was born in 1940 in a small town in Normandy, northern France into a working class family during the German occupation of France. Her parents managed to run a café and grocery. As a young girl, she went to a Catholic school where most students came from a more affluent background, which made her very self-conscious of her socio-economic status. In her fiction and non-fiction, she has written extensively about her and her parents' lives. She studied literature at university and worked as a teacher in school and later university until she retired in the year 2000. Now that she's 82 years old, she gets a good chunk of money from the Nobel committee. But I think she wished she had this money some 20 years ago. It's the good old Proust law that you always get what you want when you no longer want it. Okay, let's not be pessimistic and I'm pretty sure she is incredibly happy. In her interview with the Nobel Committee, she thinks of the prize as an honor but also a huge responsibility on her shoulders. Growing up, she was exposed to philosophical and fiction works of the French existentialist philosopher Jean Paul Sartre, who argued that we are free to define our own existence. Since there is no God or preordained essence in us, we have the responsibility to make something of ourselves. Arnaud even had correspondence with Sartre's lifelong partner and philosopher Simone de Beauvoir. In 1977, after the publication of her book Do What They Say or Else, Simone de Beauvoir writes, Yes indeed you have rendered well what you wanted to capture, that dull weight one carries when one does not yet know how to find the words to express one's being. Arnaud was sceptical of Sartre's philosophy that you really can shape your own identity that is different from others. Arnaud is far more pessimistic when it comes to free will and much closer to Tolstoy's historical determinism, arguing that history runs its course and individuals have no or little say in that. Annie Arnaud's first novel, Cleaned Out, published in 1974 tells the story of going through an abortion which was illegal back then. She published two more novels, "To What They Say or Else in 1977, and A Frozen Woman in 1981, before shifting gears from writing fiction to biographies. She explains her decision thus, quote, Thus my transition from fictitious eye to real eye is not due to a need to lift the mask, but related to a new writing project that I define in A Woman's Story as something between literature, sociology, and history. By this, I mean I seek to make concrete, by using rigorous means, lived experience, without abandoning what makes the specificity of literature, namely the requirements to write well, the absolute commitment of the subject in the text. It also means, of course, that I reject belonging to a specific genre, be it novel or autobiography. In 1984, she published A Man's Place, which is about her father, a working class man trying to make ends meet by transitioning from being a working man to a small business owner. He felt the huge burden of providing for his family, the shame, guilt, the responsibility of a man struggling with life, from poverty to somewhat material comfort. Arnaud wrote another book in 1987, A Woman's Story, focusing this time on her mother's life. Arnaud says, quote, I believe I'm writing about my mother because it's my turn to bring her into the world. Both books were written when her parents died, so she traced things back from the present to the past in order to bring them back. In 1991, she published Simple Passion that deals with a two-year intense relationship between a woman madly in love with a married man. While in love, she grows a tunnel vision in which nothing interests her except the man and things associated with him. In 1993, she published Exteriors, in which she writes fragments of things not in focus but on her peripheries, which is somewhat the opposite of a tunnel vision of a woman in love. In 1997, she wrote Shame, which tells the story of a 12-year-old girl witnessing a horrific and traumatic event as a child, in which her father tried to kill her mother. This takes a Freudian perspective on how past repressed memories can affect our lives later on. In the same year, she published memoirs called i Remain in Darkness, in which she tries to help her ill mother suffering from Alzheimer. In 2000, she shifted gear yet again by publishing more diaries and journals of her memories titled Things Seen, her experiencing the world through the media. Happening, another book detailing her experience of going through an abortion. And finally, Getting Lost, which tells her secret love affair with a Soviet diplomat in Paris. She had previously written about the love affair in her novel Simple Passion and her abortion in her first novel Cleaned Out. But in these diaries, she takes out the filters to tell the raw and unadulterated story of her abortion as well as the secret affair with the Russian diplomat. In 2002, she published another book, The Possession, telling the emotional tale of an extremely jealous woman after a breakup, trying to sniff who has replaced her in the man's bedroom. But Annie Arnaud's most famous and most celebrated book is *The Years*, considered her magnum opus. is a memoirs published in 2008. *The Years* cover almost seven decades of her personal history, intermingled with the history of France from 1940s to 2006. The Guardian newspaper likens it to Marcel Proust's novel *In Search of Lost Time*. But I would not be too quick to make such comparison because it's a short novel of some 250 pages, while Proust's masterpiece runs for 3000 pages which took Proust a lifetime to craft and some 15 years of actual dedicated writing. The year is written in third-person talks about everything including politics, art, literature, TV, music, relationship and sex are all seen through the history of France. In other words, the narrator has melted into the history of a bigger pot called France as she juxtaposes the collective we with the third person singular. The similarity with Proust's novel is how it speeds up and slows down time. Some decades move faster and some decades are slow, but more like a time lapse of history. As Proust said, some events or people loom large in our memories, while others remain tiny depending on how much they are in our memory. So our memory doesn't treat every moment, person, and event in our life equally. An insignificant moment in a country's history might be incredibly significant to us. The same with people. Your parents might seem nothing to the world, but they mean the world to you. The years also tells us that history is not a straight course, but more like a river, sometimes slow moving, sometimes it cascades, and sometimes it tumbles down like violently like a waterfall. The history of France is no different. The volatile years of 1960s is like a like a waterfall that things and people crush into one another. The book is perhaps the best representation of her style of auto-socio-biographical. You read about her life but France as a character also looms very large that overshadows her to an extent that it makes it difficult for us to really know her. Another element that may have led some to conclude similarity with Proust's novel is perhaps that Arnaud keeps talking about her ambition to become a writer. In Proust's novel, the protagonist and narrator obsesses over the same ambition of one day becoming a writer in order to leave an artistic legacy. I guess Arnaud achieved such status, winning the Nobel Prize, which Proust never did. The biggest criticism of this style of writing is that you cannot relate to any characters as she is submerged in the collective. She has no freedom to emerge from the collective history. While Tolstoy, also believed in social determinism, did create some amazingly memorable characters. But Ono's writing remains impersonal and her characters less emotionally engaging. Here's an example Quote, As lunch simmers fragrantly on the stove, and the babbling child assembled Lego blocks, and the toilet flusher is repaired, while Bach's musical offering plays in the background, they build their collective sense, all in all, of being happy. The photo plays a role in this construction, anchoring their little family in the long term. It acts as a pledge of permanence for the child's grandparents who will receive a copy. In her interview with the Nobel Committee, Arno also recommends people read the years first as a great starting point. Annie Arno started writing fiction in the 1970s, but after publishing three autobiographical novels she invented a new genre called auto socio in which she still writes about the personal but from a sociological perspective. In other words, in her writing, her characters or individuals were part of a bigger whole, and without the social circle, they wouldn't exist. Literature as a discipline is highly individualistic, as novelists tend to see and interpret society through the lens of the individual characters. But in Arno's writing, her focus is to see her characters through the lens of the social, not the other way around. The German philosopher George Hegel said that we are the product of history. We are born, shaped and moulded into a particular historical period. For instance, an 18th century person is vastly different from an ancient Greek. Sartre countered that by saying that we are the makers of ourselves. It is not the social history that makes us but our own individual history gives us a chance to create something of ourselves. Arnold to some extent reacted to Sartre's existentialist philosophy saying that having the freedom to create your own identity is a nice thing but in reality it's still the social that makes the individual. Rarely individuals are able to rise up above the social. In other words, most of us are by nature followers, not leaders. In literature, her style might be somewhat closer to Tolstoy's because both emphasize their characters within the collective as a kind of historical social determinism that doesn't give enough room for personal freedom. Her characters don't stand out from the crowd, which is perhaps her worldview that we are more social than individual, more followers than leaders. While she writes about the individual's body, sexuality, relationships, inequality, social mobility, education, time and memory, but it's mostly about how events and phenomena are shared experiences. In other words, her works represent humans as deeply social creatures who are extremely interdependent. It is through shared memories, experiences, emotions that we bond with others. The Jungian collective unconscious becomes Arnaud's collective conscious memories that shape us. This interdependent vision of people within a social setting which conforms to the vision of the Nobel committee that promotes social cohesion, harmony and peaceful coexistence among different people. Individualist novelists are a little too risky. The Nobel Committee might honor those who push the boundaries of science that benefits everyone. But when it comes to literature and art, it's really those who go against the grain or the conventional wisdom. While Arno's writing is nothing controversial, she has created a sociological niche in literature that sees the content of the characters very much part of a greater social context. In other words, content and context are two sides of the same coin, just as individual and social are two sides of the same coin. Now let me discuss about style and that of Proust. Arnaud says, In his writings, Proust suggests that our memory is separate from us, residing in the ocean breeze or the smells of early autumn, things linked to the earth that recur periodically confirming the permanence of mankind. For me, and no doubt many of my contemporaries, memories are associated with ephemeral things such as fashionable belt or summer heat and therefore the act of remembering can do nothing to reaffirm my sense of identity or continuity. It can only confirm the fragmented nature of my life and the belief that I belong to history. For Marcel Proust, since humans are mortal, we create art to be immortal. For instance, a piece of art such as da Vinci's Mona Lisa or Homer's epics or Michelangelo's statue of David are almost immortal because they trigger something in everyone who comes close to them, whether it's Jungian collective unconscious memories or art triggers some other deep psychological phenomena inside us. So for Proust, our involuntary memory sits outside us in solid objects that upon seeing, smelling, hearing trigger something inside us, reaffirming our sense of being. For example, we grow up and forget many childhood memories, but a sudden piece of music or a smell can bring that childhood self back to us. But Arno says we are nothing but fragments. This is also echoed by another Nobel Prize winner, Doris Lessing, whose golden notebook is her attempt to patch fragmented selves into one. Proust's vision of solid objects holding our memories resonate with me more. Despite time fragmenting us as we grow and forget our past selves, certain objects like a tea-soaked piece of cake or a song can bring back our last time. Last selves. Like one of those rewind videos of reversing the process of fragmentation or explosion. Cruz relies on external objective vision of the self, while Arno and to some extent Lessing believe in subjective self who is nothing but fragments of history and society who lacks a solid core so to speak. Arno, in her book The Years*, says, quote, memory was transmitted not only through the stories but through the ways of walking, sitting, talking, laughing, eating, hailing someone, grabbing hold of objects. It passed body to body over the years from the remotest countryside of France and other parts of Europe. A heritage unseen in the photos lying beyond individual differences and the gaps between the goodness of some and the wickedness of others. United family members, neighbours and all those whom once said they are people like us. A repertory of habits and gestures shaped by childhoods in the fields and teen years in workshops preceded by other childhoods all the way back to oblivion. One can see that Proust's individualized self is stored in solid objects through memories, but Arnaud's self is often missing a solid core except the core of history that etches itself in our collective consciousness. I should also point out that Arnaud, as a feminist, is also very critical of gender inequality, specifically when it comes to abortion and sexual stigma before marriage, but also criticizes the French education system for promoting male authors such as Jean-Paul Sartre, but not his partner, Simone de Beauvoir. In her interview with the Nobel Committee, Arnaud offers two pieces of advice for future writers. First, you have to read a lot. In other words, nothing pours out of an empty jug. So read like a bee that visits a million flowers to make a drop of honey. Her second advice is not to focus too much on writing well, but instead one should focus on writing honestly. In other words, tell the truth and nothing else. Merci beaucoup. Thank you for watching.